Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, we've made it to a Friday. It's a July 7th Friday, and it's a Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday. So we'll have a $100 gift certificate available to you a little bit later on in the program. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays will continue to make this announcement throughout the show as uh, today is going to be the last show for a week. We are on vacation July 10th through 14th and returning on July 17th. As we typically do, let's set the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question here. Is this weekend's Atlanta at Tampa Bay three-game series a World Series preview? And right now, we're in a 50-50 split between yes and no. Based on the way they're playing right now, no. But uh, you know, for the season, yeah. Two best records in baseball. The Braves have only lost five games since June 1st. The Rays have now lost five in a row and 11 out of six, 11 out of 17 after last uh, last night's loss at home uh, t- to the uh, Phillies. They just got swept at home by the Phillies. But uh, you know these are uh, certainly, certainly statistically and standings-wise for the season the two best teams in the sport. Also, we'll answer that question today around 11.30. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060, sticking with the baseball theme. Who wins the NL Central, Cincinnati or Milwaukee? And we also remain in a 50-50 split here. Yeah, this is a really strange scheduling situation. And, you know, one of the negatives about the uh, reduced games against your own division opponents is you only play 13 games during the season now against division opponents. By the end of this month, the Reds and the Brewers will done. They'll finish their season series. They've got three series between now and the end of the month. This this weekend, three games in Milwaukee. Uh, three weeks, uh, three games next weekend at Cincinnati, and then they play again, uh, July 24th through the 26th in Milwaukee, and that's it. That's the last nine. These three series in the next four weeks. The final nine meetings this season between clearly the top two teams in the Central, and you know the Reds are certainly playing their best ball in years, uh, in the last you know, month or so, and Milwaukee actually has played much better here of late. Also, uh, this is a you know, series between uh, you know what I think is the, maybe the best manager in baseball and uh, Craig Council, former Diamondback player, and uh, David Bell, who has a former Diamondbacks connection, also who is not the best manager in baseball. 
Your sports thoughts today, 1030 and 1115. If you'd like to chime in, 602-260-1060 is the number. As a reminder for you as well, it's Friday Spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Visit our friends at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. They have craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. And the weekend specials for you, 8-ounce Butcher's Blend Steak Skewers at 2 for $15. 8-ounce chicken skewers, butcher blend, or rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. And 8-ounce bacon-wrapped prime boneless pork chops at 2 for $12. That's over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The $100 gift certificate still available later on in today's program. But let's continue the Major League Baseball theme and dive into the Arizona Diamondbacks as they fell to the Mets last night 9-0. Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. He threw eight innings. Gave up three hits, one walk, four strikeouts. Meanwhile, Ryan Nelson struggled just three innings, nine hits, seven runs, one strikeout, two home runs. And then Dre Jamison, who has been coming in in some long relief type roles from the pen, he went three innings, five hits, two runs, one walk, two strikeouts, and one home run. The result, the Mets swept the Diamondbacks, and potentially here we have some concerning news with Corbin Carroll leaving the game in the seventh inning after taking a swing and immediately grabbing his shoulder in pain, the same shoulder that uh, was the cause for concern just about six or seven days ago and the same shoulder that he had surgery on a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, that's obviously the biggest news here. We'll get to the other things in a moment, but uh, you know, Carroll injured in the seventh inning on a swing and uh, immediately uh, grabbed his his arm. And, uh, you know, same thing. Well, not the same thing, but you know, similar thing to some extent, lesser extent, happened uh, you know, a week ago to the day. And uh, he obviously was uh, you know, missed some time in the next series against the Angels and didn't start for four games over five days. Came back and played. Looked like he was okay. Hit a home run in this first at bat against Max Scherzer the other night in his first game back starting. But now this this looked worse. And Torrey Lovello after the game said there was encouraging news last I heard. And I just checked again and I'm guessing we're probably not going to learn anything until you know, he talks before today's game. Lavello, like every manager in baseball, is required to talk uh, before every game in the pregame. Uh, we'll find out what's uh, the latest then. Maybe somebody will break the news and so forth. But uh, that's uh, it. Didn't look good. And you know, you kind of the you know, kind of on the personal note for Carroll, you know, he obviously got elected as a starter to the National League All Star team. It's in his hometown of Seattle, uh, and he was already talking about looking forward to that for obvious reasons, etc. But uh, that was not good. As far as the game goes, other than Carroll, the fact that Carras- uh, Carrasco is any good, I mean any good, uh, is uh, you know, shocking. Uh, the, you know, the, there was actually talk if he had another bad start that he was going to be replaced in the rotation. Coming out of the All-Star break, he's been terrible. Uh, they had lost his last six starts. His earned run average was just below six on the season. Last night, he pitched eight shutout innings against the Diamondbacks, and uh, really, they didn't really they didn't threaten even to score very often against him. On the other hand, Ryan Nelson, his recent, at least to me, very surprising stretch of effective pitching, uh, that came to a, a immediate halt last night. He got destroyed. 
not just the seven runs and nine hits and you know gave up two massive home runs to Alonzo and Francisco Alvarez, but other than the Brandon Fott you know, games, which shouldn't really count because he should have never been in the major leagues, uh, other than the Brandon Fott starts this year, there I don't have the velo information to back this up, but I don't think I need it. No pitcher from the Diamondbacks got hit as hard as Nelson did last night. I don't know if it was a tipping pitches thing. He obviously had some location issues, but he was awful last night. So have we hit a point here where there's, uh, you know, we've we've had plenty of conversation over, well, basically the entire season about the starting pitching bullpen situations for the Diamondbacks. So we don't need to go into that. So is it more cause for concern here that the bats were cold against Carlos Carrasco? Or is this just kind of a a one game situation as we're approaching the all star break? Give them a break. We don't need to hit the panic meter. Um. I'm going to kind of, you know, dilly dally my way around that answer a little bit. Uh, I'm not, you know, panic meter is you know, way too much for me in a 162 game season after what we've seen so far. I did mention earlier this week, a couple of last two days, a little, at least a little bit, that I'm a little concerned that they've got so many young players that have never been through a, even a, a, you know half of a major league baseball season playing every day. And I just thought that there might be some fatigue. And this happens frequently uh, with you know, mainly pitchers, uh, but uh, you know, position players. And, and you've got so many youngsters here that I wonder if they've uh, you know, a combination of them being you know, mentally fatigued and maybe looking forward to the break, et cetera. Uh, so, and they play, they did not show up last night mentally either. I mean, there were some. You know, some defensive plays that weren't made last night that were usually fundamentally easy to make. Uh, you know, a stupid base running play in the first inning by the Diamondbacks. Uh, they, they, they basically, you know, fly, you know, pop-ups being you know, not played properly or by the right person properly, including Corbin Carroll on one of those before he got hurt. It just looked like a mentally tired team uh, heading into last night. Uh, so in you know, the Ryan Nelson thing, I don't think has anything to do with really any of this. I just don't think he's a very good pitcher and he cannot be a starting pitcher on a team that's going to win a division. I had one other update uh, from Tori Lovello, who was uh, talking about Merrill Kelly yesterday and that he threw an extended bullpen se- session yesterday and hopefully that uh, catching that blood clot when they did, that he'll be uh, on the other side of it here very quickly. No date yet for his return after the All-Star break, but at least throwing an extended bullpen session for Merrill Kelly is, is good news for him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know there's been speculation that he might actually pitch the first series after the All-Star break or be part of that rotation. That might be pushing it a little bit, but uh, yeah, they didn't. They were you know, pretty optimistic as soon as uh, you know, he was placed on the injured list. They didn't think it was going to be a, quote, long-term thing. But as I mentioned, you know, my father had some blood clot issues, and it's a day-to-day management thing for his for him the rest of his life. Uh which was many years after all that was originally detected. But uh, we'll see. But uh, it seems like uh, the news on Kelly, uh, from really from the start, has been as good as you'd expect. But once again, that's a situation 
that's not necessarily a baseball injury. That's a you know, you know a body injury to you know, a human being that needs to be managed on a daily basis. We'll save uh, where everything stands in the National League West on the other side of the break, how we got to that point uh, with the Dodgers taking on the Pirates yesterday, setting things up for the Diamondbacks now taking on the Pirates in a three-game series this weekend, and what the Dodgers and the Giants will be up to this weekend as well. So we'll do that on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Another reminder here for you, we are with you uh, up until noon today, then on vacation July 10th through the 14th and back on July 17th. And before you know it, uh, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday spread turning our attention into the college football and NFL season. Can you believe it? It's almost here, but for now we'll get back into Major League Baseball on the other side of the break here on this Friday, July 7th. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you as we continue our Diamondbacks conversation and a look at the NL West and the battle before we hit the All-Star break. Uh, so in the NL West right now, the Diamondbacks remain in front with a 50-38 and 38 record. A half a game back now is the Dodgers at 49-38, and 38, and the Giants are two and a half games back at 47-40. and 40. The Giants did not play yesterday. The Dodgers did. They took on the Pirates, beating the Pirates 5-2, to two, and it was a Julio Urias start for him uh, after he had his return, uh, I guess it was uh, several days ago, six days ago, or whatever it was, uh, against the Royals. This was a much better start for Julio Urias. Six innings, three hits, two runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. But I think the big thing for the Dodgers is they can't catch a break in terms of pitching injuries that keep happening because they found out that Daniel Hudson has been placed on the 15-day injured list with a sprained MCL in his right knee. He just returned on June 30th after recovering from an ACL injury that he suffered in his left knee back in June of 2022. Yeah, he was out for a whole year, former Diamondback, and Hudson got the save on Wednesday night. It was you know, considered kind of his return to the closer role, and it turns out he actually injured the other knee during that appearance. The Urias thing, I go back to last Saturday, and I know that he had bad-looking numbers against Kansas City, but actually he got dinked and dunked in that game. I thought he actually pitched pretty well, looked good. Yesterday, he dominated Nick Gonzalez, the first-round draft pick from Tucson uh, from a couple of years ago, got a double and drove in a couple of runs in the second inning. Other than that, that was one of the three hits that Urias allowed, uh, the only two runs he gave up in the uh, six innings that he pitched. He threw 88 pitches. He looked uh, really good. Then again, the Pirates have been really bad. They're in the running for, if you just want to go back to like the first part of May, they're in the running of right, you know, currently constructed the worst team in baseball discussion. 
Uh, you know, they got off to a great surprising start, and they've been pretty poor in every area since then. Uh, so I don't know if it means whether you beat the Pirates. They just beat the Pirates three out of four. Uh, now they play the Angels the next two days in the uh, you know second installment of the Freeway Series. They play tonight and then tomorrow. Those two teams do not play on Sunday, so they get an extra day heading into the All-Star break. But, uh, you know, Daniel Hudson, uh, when he was here pitching for the Diamondbacks, obviously a, you know, for a while a dominant starter before he had Tommy John. Remember, he's had two Tommy John surgeries too. Now, in addition to both his knees being injured, uh, but he was a really good dude. That's when I was around the team far more than I even have been in recent years. And uh, he was always a guy that was – he was a great quote, uh, in addition to being a really good pitcher. He was also a tremendous hitter, so I'm sure that he's probably still forlorn that uh, you know, they put the designated hitter in because he's one of the pitchers that uh, he really helped himself the plate. Uh, so you mentioned the Pirates there and their recent struggles, and now we're going to see them here in Phoenix uh, for three games as the Diamondbacks host them. Things get started today with Rich Hill on the mound. 7-8, 4.50 ERA, 88 strikeouts. Zach Gallen going for the Diamondbacks tonight. He's 10-3, and 3.15 ERA, 120 strikeouts. Uh, last I saw, there was yet to be a starter named for Saturday's contest and then Zach Davies scheduled for Sunday for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, actually, I think it's TBA for everybody after today for both the teams. And actually, that's kind of a theme for Major League Baseball. I tried to, other than the two big series, and, uh, you know, what I mean by the big series, the Tampa Bay hosting Atlanta and Milwaukee at Cincinnati, uh, there are a ton of TBAs the next couple of days as far as Major League Baseball starting pitchers go. And this is not unusual going into the All-Star break. Sometimes uh, they, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times this week, teams, uh, you know, fiddle around out of lack of a better term, uh, or maybe that's, you know, can't they actually say the best term uh, <laughs> with the uh, in- injured list you know, heading into the All-Star break because it's it's not a, you know, it's not the 15 game injured list for pitchers. It's the 15 day injured list. Then you can do the retroactive thing and so forth. So you can actually put a pitcher on the injured list from like last. It was actually injured last week, and he'll be available for the first series coming out of the break at the end of next week. So with the Diamondbacks having that half-game lead over the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, as you mentioned, have a three-game set. The Dodgers only have a two-game set against the Angels here, and the Angels maybe not as formidable of an opponent as they were, uh, say, two weeks ago. But they're going up against each other tonight. It's Griffin Canning for the Angels, 6-3, and 3, 4.29 ERA, 71 strikeouts. Tony Gonsolin, 4-3, 3.69 ERA, 49 strikeouts. Is there anything that you... Uh, want to see from Gonsolin here as he continues to get some starts how about like the fourth inning uh he's been trashed in two of his last three starts and I mean trashed uh, I believe it was he gave up seven or eight runs in his last start and didn't get out of the third inning uh he's been he was tremendous last year I don't think anybody ever expected him to duplicate what he did last year remember last year he also ended the season on the injured list uh and uh yeah, he was injured during the regular season, tried to come back and pitch in the playoffs, and he was re-injured in that uh, playoff series loss for the uh, Dodgers against the Padres. 
he got off to a really good start again this year. You know, I got not the microscopic numbers that he had last year, but it was good. And it's been batting practice uh, for the majority of his most recent starts here. Canning is a guy that's had, unfortunately, an injury history. Uh, but he also has a history of uh, when he's been healthy, he's had some dominant performances. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, the Dodgers have won seven consecutive games against the Angels in this freeway series over the last you know two plus seasons, uh, including both games this year in Anaheim last month uh, when the Angels failed to score a run in the two games in that series against. And that was when the Dodgers bullpen was really bad. They had just been trashed the week before at Cincinnati and Philadelphia. And then they basically had like 10 shutout innings over two days against the Angels. So uh, obviously Otani, he was actually did participate as the DH after he left the game on Wednesday night. He's obviously not going to be pitching uh, until after the All-Star break, whether it be for the Angels or for the American League All-Star team. Uh, Saturday for the Angels, slated to be Reed Detmers, who's 2-5, and 3.72 ERA, 103 strikeouts, and the Dodgers yet to name a starting pitcher. Flipping this on over to the San Francisco side of things, as they're two and a half games back of the Diamondbacks in the NL West, they start a series against the Rockies. Tonight, it is uh, to be determined, as you kind of pointed out here, versus Ross Stripling, 0-2, 6.51 ERA, 31 strikeouts. Saturday, across the board, to be determined Sunday at least slated for now is Logan Webb for the Giants who's seven and seven 3.38 ERA 117 strikeouts yeah he's been tremendous uh, yeah he got off from a uh, kind of an uneven start to the beginning of the season but for the most part he's uh, clearly the ace of the Giants staff stripling is basically an opener uh, you know he was a really good pitcher when he came up with the Dodgers you know three or four teams ago now and that was like four or five years ago now. Uh, but he's had injury history, whether he was in Los Angeles, Toronto. There's a team in between here I'm forgetting. And then he goes to San Francisco. But I don't think they're counting on him to pitch more than a, a couple of games, a couple innings, I should say. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Giants are just trying to make it through. And, you know, they, they lead baseball uh, with goes, most games with the quote opener. Uh, and they have an amazing good record. Uh, I think it was nine and two the last I saw, and they've had a couple of more games since the, with uh, since I saw that those numbers with openers. And I'll have an update on what their number, what their record is with uh, you know non quote starting pitchers starting. Uh, but uh, you know, that's a phenomenal record when basically you're going with the bullpen game and you're be able to you've been able to pull that off. Now the bad news for all that is because they've had so many bullpen games, they've gone through relief pitchers at a, almost a record rate. I assume that the – I can't imagine there are too many teams, if any, that have had more different relief pitchers on their roster before the All-Star break in Major League Baseball than the Giants have. You know, it's Friday. Uh, and we're getting ready to head on vacation, so I don't want to have doom and gloom. But when I look at things here for the NL West, the Diamondbacks, the current situation that they have going for them, uh, Corbin Carroll injury up in the air, the Dodgers just a two-game series against the Angels, the Diamondbacks a three-game series against the, the Pirates here. Is it something that we may need to set our expectations to see that uh, they could be all tied up or possibly not in the lead in the NL West uh, when we come back from the All-Star break? 
nah, I'm not going to forecast you know baseball games over the weekend. And at this point, I have no idea. Uh, but there hasn't been one second this baseball season, as well as the Diamondbacks have played, that I've thought that they were going to win the division because the Dodgers are a better team. The Dodgers, if they want to, before the trading deadline, can get pretty much any position player or starting pitcher or relief pitcher that they might want to add via the market because they have such a fine minor league system. Uh, so, you know, I, I would be pleasantly surprised and, and happy uh, if the Diamondbacks won the division. But as I mentioned, there has not been one second in 2023 or probably for several years, not probably, but for several years before that I haven't thought the Dodgers weren't going to win the division. We'll open up the phone lines on the other side of the break. Give us a call now, 602-260-1060. We'll talk to you on the other side, 602-260-1060. We'll also continue the Major League Baseball conversation as we look at some of the series this weekend and some pitchers uh, also making their return or their debut as well. So we'll dive into that. What's happening ahead of the All-Star break on the other side of the break? If you'd like to join the program, 602-260-1060. Also keep in mind, Vaughn. Hansen's Meats and Spirits weekend specials here. The 8-ounce Butcher's Blend Steak Skewers at 2 for $15. 8-ounce Chicken Skewers Butcher Blend or Rosemary Garlic at 2 for $12. 8-ounce Bacon Wrapped Prime Boneless Pork Chops at 2 for $12. Give them a visit at VonHansen'sMeats.net. Your call 602-260-1060. More Major League Baseball discussion on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. KDOS AM 1060, as always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kim, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Another reminder here for you. We're with you up until noon today. Then we are on vacation July 10th through the 14th, returning with the Sports Zone starting at 9 a.m. on July 17th. Let's continue the Major League Baseball conversation. And uh, there's some series with intrigue here. There's also some starting pitchers uh, that are making their return or debut, if you will. So let's start with the Blue Jays at the Tigers. Uh, it's it's kind of a nondescript situation because of the Tigers in this series, but it's really the return of Alec Manoa, who here's the numbers one and seven, 6.36 ERA, 48 strikeouts. Uh, he was sent back to rookie ball. John Snyder has said that Manoa has made a minor tweak to get back to his 2022 mechanics and has satisfied the checklist that the team has laid out. So he's back uh, for the Blue Jays. Well, it's the softest landing possible, most likely, because you know the Tigers lineup. They still don't have, uh, you know, Green back from his injury. He's by far their best offensive player. There was some speculation that he might actually return this week, but at least through yesterday, he had not been activated. Uh, the Tigers obviously inept offensively. The games in Detroit, they have you know done some things dimension-wise with that ballpark, but it's still you know, really a pitcher's paradise. So if he can't 
you know, be effective against uh, Detroit. Uh, you know, maybe they have to send him back to the minor leagues. Uh, but he had a minor league start against the rookie ball guys and gave up like you know, literally teenagers, uh, 17, 18, 19-year-old guys, gave up a whole boatload of runs in uh, one of those starts. And then he had like one good minor league start in a real minor league game. And now they determine that he's he's fixed. Let's bring him back. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, the Blue Jays and Manoa, they, they, they opened a 150 favorite, and the public's not buying it because I see some 120s right now. So there's been some uh, – I wouldn't know if that's a substantial heavy action, but there's been action on the, on the Tigers today. Uh, I think that's just basically betting against Manoa because I can't imagine anybody's waking up in the morning and saying, I'm going to go bet on Detroit today. Uh, the other pitcher that I wanted to highlight, he's actually making his debut this season, and that's Carlos Rodon for the Yankees here. It's the Cubs at the Yankees. Jamison Talion, 2-6, and six, 6.93 ERA, 59 strikeouts for the Cubs. And as I mentioned there, Carlos Rodon making his debut. Yeah, former Yankee, among other teams, Tyone. And uh, obviously he's gone through tons of injuries and cancer in his career. Uh, as a major league pitcher, he's had two Tommy John surgery and then the cancer situation when he was in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, and he hasn't been very good for the most part with the Cubs this year. Uh, Rodon making his Yankees debut. They signed him to the big contract, and he's been on the injured list uh, you know, all season long. Had some interesting numbers in his minor league rehab assignments, and, you know, I never know – really how we're supposed to judge the minor league rehab numbers, whether it be a pitcher or a hitter. But uh, he had, uh, didn't seem like he had control issues. That's the one thing you can usually at least kind of look at that, uh, you know, how many walks per inning, et cetera, strikeouts per inning and whatever. He seemed to be, uh, you know, go, that seemed to go favorably for him in both of those counts. And, uh, you know, the game in the Yankee Stadium tonight, and the Yankees, as we mentioned a couple of times, they are 29th in runs scored in baseball since the latest Aaron Judge injury, and he's been out for roughly a month now. The Yankees, a 170 favorite, roughly, consensus-wise, at home tonight against the Cubs, who have just kind of, uh, you know, staggered to the uh, – to the, they've been bad here lately. There was a stretch of the season. I thought that they might be pretty good. That's long gone. And I think unless there's an amazing turnaround here between now and August the 1st, the Cubs are going to be significant sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, so here we go. The Braves at the Raves, they're, the, the, the Rays, they are part of our KDOS1060.com poll question, but their three-game series here, when you look at the Braves, they're 58-28. Uh, and 28. The Rays are 57-33. and 33. Since June 1st, though, things have gone a little bit different for these two teams. The Braves are 25-5. and five. The Rays are 17-5, and five, including a sweep, though, by the Phillies. Today, it's Charlie Morton, who is 8 and 6 3.57 ERA 105 strikeouts Tyler Glasnow 2 and 2 4.50 ERA 56 strikeouts Yeah I think the Tampa Bay's starting pitching problems uh which we've talked about seemingly on a daily basis for weeks maybe even months in some cases is has kind of caught up to them towards uh the end of the uh first uh you know quote first half of the season even though i know it's not mathematically exactly the first half they're past that but heading into the all-star break uh certainly running on fumes pitching wise 
Uh, they've lost Springs for the season and most of next season, if not all of next season, with the Tommy John surgery. Rasmussen, we don't think, is coming back. And now McClanahan, who was clearly the best pitcher in baseball uh, before he went down a couple of weeks ago at the back thing, he's out and he's on the injured list, even though they think it's going to be short-term and he'll be back at the end of next week. But obviously, none of those guys are pitching this weekend for them. Uh, Glass now is about as good as it gets for them at the moment. Uh, well, Zach Eflin is probably the best they get. Uh, he's pitching Sunday for the Rays in the final game of this series against the Braves. But Glass now, who uh, heralded pitcher uh, when he was you know, coming up with Pittsburgh, got traded part of the Dave, the, the uh, Chris Archer trade, which is a complete disaster for Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, and good news for Tampa Bay. But Glassnell has been okay, but nothing spectacular. Uh, Morton has been kind of a hit or miss proposition this year for the Braves. And obviously, the Braves have had their own pitching injuries. It looks like Max Fried's going to be activated and return next week. He's been on the injured list twice this year. And, uh, you know, it looks like Kyle Wright, who was uh, the only 20 game winner in Major League Baseball last season, uh, who has pitched, I think, about 10 innings this season. Uh, he's expected to be back after August the 1st or so. Uh, so they're getting guys back, and I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to be, uh, you know, other than McClanahan coming back, you just kind of wonder if, they're run, if they've run out of starting pitchers. And they've also really overused their bullpen, which has not been nearly as good this year as it has been in past years. And uh, even when healthy, that bullpen has been less than what we've seen in the past. Just running through the starting pitchers for Saturday for the Braves, it's going to be Spencer Strider, who's 10-2, 3.66 ERA, 155 strikeouts. Taj Bradley for the Rays, 5-4, 5.27 ERA, 76 strikeouts. And Sunday, Bryce Elder, 7-1, 2.45 ERA, 80 strikeouts. And Zach Eflin, as you mentioned here uh, for the Rays, 9-4, 3.24 ERA, 100 strikeouts. When you look at things going on in the AL East here, the Rays do remain a top the division at 57 and 33 the Orioles are at 51 and 35 four games back the Yankees 48 and 48 games back and the Blue Jays also now eight games back at 48 and 40 uh, so that is where things stand there in that ALS AL East battall for the Phillies and, 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 none, and none of those four teams are playing particularly well right now none of them the Yankees continue to surprise me when they win games, but I guess, you know, it helps when you do face, like, the A's. That helps you get back on track a little bit. It's true, but they just got torched by the Orioles here the last couple of days, including Luis Severino, who either is injured or finished. Phillies at the Marlins. You have Zach Wheeler, 7-4, uh, 4.03 ERA, 112 strikeouts versus Sandy Alcantara, 3-7, 4.93 ERA, 89 strikeouts. The Phillies uh, certainly trending in a great direction. They just came off of a sweep of the Rays and have had a pretty good last couple of weeks. They've been great unless they play the Braves or the Mets and they never beat those two teams. So good luck because those two teams, they're in your division. Speaking of the division, when you look at that NL East, the Braves are on top at 58 and 28th, and the Marlins at 51 and 38, eight and a half games back, and the Phillies here 47 and 39, 11 games back. The other uh, game that uh, I want just a quick timeout here. You mentioned Alcantara. Alcantara is pitching tonight. Alcantara, I believe the last time he pitched against the Phillies, it was he gave up six or seven runs. He's had. 
an amazingly strange season. Cy Young Award winner in the National League last year. He's had several starts this year that he's been dominant. And in the same start, he gives up like five or six runs in one inning. Uh, so we'll see what happens tonight. And the Marlins, uh, without him being a you know, the dominant pitcher he was a year ago, amazingly have figured out how to stay above water so far. They're not good offensively. They're not particularly good defensively. Their starting pitching, other than Alcantara, has been pretty good, and their bullpen has been tremendous. Do you think it's because of how many innings Sandy threw last year that has impacted the inconsistencies of this year? Not just last year. Uh, he he has the most pitch, uh, innings pitched in Major League Baseball over the last three years heading into this year. So that could have something to do with it. It's just so very strange because he has literally, he goes, he just like blows guys down for like three innings and then gives up like seven runs to the, in the fourth inning. He's had, you know, I'm sure somebody's already done this study. I'm sure it's easily available. I haven't looked it up, but uh, he's had, you know, more than three or four starts that he's just given up big time crooked numbers in one inning. And he's really dominated the rest of the game when he's been in there. And, uh, it's perplexing. Another one of our poll questions here, the Reds and the Brewers, they are in a series here before the All-Star break. Andrew Abbott, 4-0, 1.21 ERA, 42 strikeouts. Corbin Burns, 6-5, 4 ERA, 96 strikeouts going for Milwaukee. Well, this is the game to watch if you're uh, into the pitching side of things because these are the only two decent starters on these two teams. Um yeah, Abbott's been amazing. They're both coming off really good starts. Abbott had a career-high 12 strikeouts in his last start. Yeah, he just came up from the minor leagues about a month ago. Uh, not a strikeout guy usually. In fact, he had almost no swing and miss until last game when he struck out 12 guys kind of out of nowhere against the Padres. Corbin Burns, not as good as he was, of course, when he won the Cy Young a couple years ago. <clears throat> but he's been... Uh, up and down this season but in his last start he pitched a no hitter uh, into like the sixth or seventh inning however that was against the feeble pirates who we've already discussed during the extra point here uh yeah you know corbin burns we're talking a couple of different starters here just about i guess chewing up some innings being former cy young winners and then kind of going through uh some inconsistencies just interesting and maybe just shows how challenging it is and just how much uh physical exertion goes into everything to just keep performing at such a high level year in and year out with chewing up all those innings yeah and the big thing with burns he's just been hit very hard in some starts this year now the bad news is as i mentioned uh these are the only two decent starting pitchers right now for either of these teams you know it's so bad that tomorrow luke weaver who is somehow still in the major leagues former diamondback goes against colin ray uh for the brewers and then on sunday it's sean lively for the reds against julio tehran who I think I actually thought was out of baseball, but I didn't even realize he was pitching in Mexico the last couple of years. Yeah, he was a the Braves' best pitcher for many years, but that was you know, half decade and beyond ago. So uh, the, the the Brewers are th- keep throwing him out there. He's been really pretty bad in his last couple of starts after he had some shockingly good performances after he first appeared this season in Milwaukee. 
We'll put a pause into Major League Baseball conversation. We'll take a look at what's going on on the PGA Tour. The John Deere Classic is underway. You have some guys finishing up their rounds here for round number two. We'll take a look at that. We'll also dive into the U.S. Women's Open from Pebble Beach as well. Another West Coast major championship for the USGA. Plus, then we'll have uh, still that $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits likely coming up up in our number two it is the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 as always online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports we wrap up our number one next KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Wrapping up hour number one of this July 7th edition of Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. As Corey just alluded to there, Bob and I on vacation next week. We'll be back with you starting Monday, July 17th. Let's turn our attention, though, to the John Deere Classic taking place in Illinois. Sitting atop the leaderboard here is Cameron Young. He's done for the day. He shot 7 under 64 today and is at 13 under par. And when we look at Cameron Young, uh, he's a guy that we hopped right on board with the caddy change when he made uh, the switch to go to Paul Tesori, and he ended up making it to the finals in the match play event back in Austin. And since then, though, it's been kind of a disappointing summer for him. Uh, we certainly caught, uh, he caught our attention last year as a rookie, making his, um, his debut in all sorts of ways in major championships, putting himself into contention, but he's still looking for his first PGA Tour title. So you thought the change to Paul Tesori would kind of help uh, shape, you know, maybe some different course management strategies, uh, put things together a little bit at that next level, just be that little extra thing that you need for a talented player. This season, though, it's been uh, the story of the putter. Uh, He's ranked 177th, losing over half a stroke on the greens he's also ranked 127th around the greens so that's kind of where he's been hemorrhaging strokes because he's an incredible ball striker but he's so far here through 36 holes he's putting it together as he's sitting atop the leaderboard so questions here heading into Saturday and Sunday is Cameron Young going to get his first PGA Tour title next up on this list here in a tie for second it's Ludwig Abberg as well as Peter Kust so two things that I want to point out here about Ludwig and Peter. For Ludwig, we talked about him last week, how uh, because of the inception of this uh, PGA Tour program that uh, allowed membership for the top collegiate player going through the university program, that's Ludwig. And he's been taking advantage of it. He's had some some really good performances here so far. He's putting himself right in the mix of things yet again here as he shot 68, 64, uh, 10 under par through two days. And so now the questions are, is he going to be able to break through and get a PGA 
PGA Tour win in just a short amount of time since turning professional. Then Peter Koost here, he's also at uh, 10 under par. He's not done for the day. He's six under through 13 holes. Peter came on our radar last week because he was leading the tournament at the Rocket Mortgage for some period of time, and I didn't know who he was. I do now know who he is. He Monday qualified into the tournament last week. It gave him an opportunity then to earn a spot into this tournament, which this is what's really cool about having the opportunity to play and and maximize it. You know, we're not seeing the big names here, but there's some other really fun stories uh, going on on the PGA Tour, and Peter Koost is one of them, because if he finishes really well, like he's currently doing, and taking advantage of these opportunities given to him, he will earn a special exemption and to be able to continue for the rest of the year and not have to worry about starts and then be able to hopefully earn enough money to keep his car for the following year. So there's a lot of cool things on the horizon there for Peter Koost, and he's taking advantage of the opportunities presented to him. As for our picks, Eric Cole, he is at six under par, done for the day. Uh, That is good enough for a tie for 13th, so he'll be around for the weekend. And Adam Shank, he is another one of our guys. He um, just started his round today. He is one under through one. That's seven under par and good enough for tie for ninth. So we're uh, going to be following Eric Cole and Adam Shank for the weekend at the John Deere Classic. I also need to mention here the U.S. Women's Open taking place at Pebble Beach. Bailey Tardy is out in front at eight under par. Uh, Rose Zhang, she of course has taken everyone's attention by storm in her uh, debut on the LPGA Tour. Struggling a bit here today. Two over par through seven holes. That's four over for the tournament in a tie for 74th as the U.S. Open from Pebble Beach is underway. Hour number two is coming up on the other side of the break. 